What's up, you filthy sickos? Welcome back to the So Rare Ramble. We're joined, of course, by the boys once again, David and Chris. They're still alive at their age. It's crazy. We are, we're applauding that. It's you know, you guys have made it to a milestone. You guys are old as shit, but you're still here. So, <laughs> congratulations to you guys. Uh, how are you guys doing today, Dave? How you doing, mate? You're right. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I've been. I started running this week for the first time in like first time I've run outside and not on a treadmill for about two years. And bloody hell, it's hard work, but. We'll have a little quiz on that actually towards the end of the the show, but um, yeah, aside from it's that, cold, it's cold mate for that, isn't it? As well, this time of year still. Yeah, but I need to start doing because I'm not going to bore everyone with the complete details. But I'm on a course of steroids at the moment for my health problems. You that, juicer. Yeah, that means He's that if I go running, that it's like it's not going to like I'm not going to feel it quite as badly as I would do without it. So I thought, well, I better start now then I can get in some kind of shape for when the steroids tail off in a couple of weeks and, uh, yeah, go from there. But, yeah, in, in like, the real world stuff of So Rare, it's been a pretty dog shit week. It could have gone okay, but, you know, it's all gone sort of just one player wrong in a lot of lineups. Did okay yeah. in Challenger Europe, but then Benfica absolutely smashed on Monday and I dropped from, like, ninth down to about 50th. So, yeah, it's going to be a pretty meh week. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, luckily, oh, you I got one or two good lineups, didn't you? I haven't. Checked. I had one one good lineup. So my Capsi Forty Super Air team smashed it, um, and I almost as like just to just to be funny, not even because I thought I would hit it. Just to be funny, I almost put the highest threshold just to like meme and put it on Twitter. But I thought if I if I pick this and then I actually get the four hundred points, I'll be fuming that I lost three hundred and twenty dollars out of just trying to be an asshole on Twitter. Um, and then we actually hit like 480 points. So uh, we're looking good. Cheeky little tier three and 250 quid from that. We'll take that. And then apart from that, did I win any other rewards? Uh, tier three from Challenger Rare as well after Szymanski got subbed, unfortunately. Came off the bench, missed a big chance and won a penalty that they missed. So like, you know, would have been all right if he uh, would have probably got a tier one there or something like that if, if, if things had gone well. That's unfortunately... How the cookie crumbles, and then it's the exact same as you, really, in 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 the sense that a lot of lineups with one player away from being really successful, or or a big chance missed away from being really successful, you know, or a clean sheet away from being really successful, and uh, and it's one of those learning period weeks where I kind of see where I went wrong, and uh, probably don't do anything about it next week, but pretend that I did. We're getting to that stage of the season now. There's like you know a sort of two or three month period now, and then another one sort of later on in the year when every league that so recovers and every team is pretty much running like we've got russia back this weekend mls came back last weekend um i think it's only brazil now isn't it and china and they come back china's this weekend uh, yeah yeah Brazil is a few weeks away yeah but literally we're going to see some like obscenely high scores yeah no i agree um i think the, the a couple of things that i was quite happy with myself this week uh daniel munoz smashed it for palace they're against Burnley. And it's nice to see that in a good matchup, he's still capable of getting a huge... He got 46 AA, which is nice. Um, so I was really happy to see that he is not completely dead in the Premier League. Um, and I think under the new manager, as a wing-back, he'll actually be a little bit more serviceable than in what he was, what he would have been under Roy Hodgson as a right-back. Yeah, definitely. Um, I noticed that, actually. As soon as Lionets came out, that they'd put three centre-backs in, which with Moon, uh, Munez and... Who is it? Ferguson on the other side. I can't remember now. But one, the other guy on the other side, anyway. Like they potentially could have better. Mitchell, Mitchell. Sorry, yeah. I think the definitely Nunes because we know he's a good player anyway, and you know we saw the benefit this weekend. But yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was nice to see, and it's one of those game weeks where, like, sometimes with a game week, if you don't win anything, there those little wins are actually nice to take away, where you you can see one of your cards progressing in a in a role, or you can see like what you should have done or where you can where you can improve next time um so yeah i think it's uh it wasn't it wasn't all bad um i think this upcoming game week united are against city away so i'm going to put all my united players in captive 40 rare and go for the highest threshold so you're just going to give the money away then absolutely 
Yep. <laughs> but you know what? Imagine, imagine it hits. All right. If it hits, guys, I'll give away, I'll give away one percent of that threshold on the next Ramble episode. Well, I hope it hits because that means <laughs> it would have lost. But yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes, though. So, Chris, how'd you get on this week? Um, I got two rewards, but they're shit rewards, really. So I got a tier three and a tier four limited. Um, I was 2.12 points off the rare thresh. I went for the bottom one. Um, most of my play, most of my players were away this week, and and I didn't quite fancy them to do great. So it was the right decision, but just got it slightly wrong. And the frustrating thing as well was I went for um, I've got my Rosario guys. Chucked two of the midfield midfielders, excuse me, into uh, into a dead two twenty lineup, and one of them uh, got an assist, and the other one got the goal. So you know, assisted to the other player, and they were both in the wrong lineup, and just did nothing for me, which is a shame. So, uh, so you yeah, didn't get the you didn't get a rare threshold. No, I was I've been terrible. Two at points away, it says. Yeah, two points. That's rough. You might get an upscore. <clears throat> it needs to happen. I mean, the thing is, with Opta, you always get down score, but you never seem to get up score, do you? It seems to always be one way and not the other. So, um... not with that attitude, you won't. Exactly. You've got to manifest it. <laughs> manifest it. It's all my fault, isn't it? That extra two points all down to me. <laughs> yeah, You've got to dream it. You've got to think about it. And then when you wake up, it's there. I did, um, I did have a bit of analysis last week when I was. Um, supposed to be working. I do a lot of messing about when I'm supposed to be working, which I'm sure a lot of solo managers could probably relate to. But um, I was having a look back. Uh, I looked back about well, it's about August September at the um, the scores I've got in the two forty limited to kind of work out which the best value um, threshold is to target. And I think I only got over three ninety once in like six months. Um, and the other two were quite close together, but actually the lowest one, the 270, was in theory the most profitable way to, to play and to go for. But it just feels so boring, especially at limited level, just to keep going for like, you know, $2 each time. But cat so, mode in general feels boring. Well, not cat mode. I, I quite like cat mode, but 240 and the threshold just, you know, I'm so over it. I just wish the changes were coming in tomorrow now. I'm the opposite. I kind of, I'm like, I'm, I'm really sad about Rare Plus going, and I'm kind of just sat there, like, like enjoying every game week, like with a sad violin playing, knowing it's going soon. <laughs> I think we are just in a weird limbo period at the minute, where everyone's sort of trying to strategize, but we, we don't have all the full info yet. You know, it's really hard to know what to do at the moment, and um, I think we've got enough info, yeah. haven't we? We've got some info. We can do some stuff, but I, I still think we haven't got enough to work things out 100%. And I mean, the biggest win for me and probably a lot of people was that old Stark, Stark coins uh, drop. Over that was last, great. Um, yeah. Week. So we all had a nice sort of 150 quid there, didn't we? Just, well, a lot of real users did for, you know, for, no, for doing nothing really, which in the mad old world of crypto happens sometimes. And I think most of us can't really understand it, but we all kind of struggled away and, uh, I think most of us have managed to successfully um, either withdraw that money or put it into our so so rare accounts, which is is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, took me a few hours of my life that I'll never get back. On the plus side, I actually got more than everybody else because I realised when I opened my MetaMask wallet to send the cash across to MetaMask that I actually had nearly 0.2 ETH sitting in there for some absurd, absurd reason. Oh, these whales. I think it's since been... last summer. So that promptly went onto the site. And obviously, when I but when I got that ETH, it was like under a pound to like a not point not. I can't even think. Do the calculation, man. It's too early. But uh, yeah, it was like nearly one to one, and now it's like obviously you know the price of ETH has gone crazy in the last few weeks. Yeah. So today as well, it's gone up like three percent or something. Yeah, the stock the stock net drop was quite nice. Um, definitely saw some some nice positive market movements with it as well, which was nice. Now I reckon so I just give us free money every so often. I reckon this partner just just like just find random drops and be like, yeah, we'll partner with you if you give our SoRay users a couple hundred quid every two months. Six hours of your life, and then you get two hundred quid. Yeah, we'll take that. It's the new threshold, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weekly tournament to get a stark drop, I reckon. That's what it is. Um That'll do for me. How many users do you reckon got that money that oh. still play the game? 
I'd say in in the thousands, I reckon. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know exactly how many, but they're, they're, tens they're, of thousands, I would say. I would say there's a stark amount of users that are. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'm the opposite with you, David, at the minute. I'm really actually kind of, I'm not dreading the new update. I'm just like, I'm kind of like, you know, when your dog's getting put down and you spend the last sort of minute with it whilst it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of drifting away. That's kind of me with Sora at the minute and Rare Plus. I'm kind of just, you know, and whilst it's still got a bit of life, I'm kind of enjoying it. And eventually it's going to kind of slip away and I'm just going to be sad on the way home when it's ashes or something. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of me at the minute. Um so I'm playing Rare Plus as much as possible. Well, I'm actually, it's a lie. I'm actually, play, I'm actually trying to play Super Rare a lot at the moment. Try, trying to win in, in season Super Rare cards because I just feel like uh, when March 29th hits, I just feel like there's going to be a frenzy of people then trying to get all their in season, in season cards. And I'm just like, you know, you've had all this time to prepare. And I just feel like knowing this community, everyone's going to panic and stop buying in season cards straight after March 29th. So... And talk, talking about in season cards. I, I've had no no inside information, although some people think I have. I'm just sort of taking a pretty educated guess, and I think it's I'm 99% sure that the MLS cards are going to drop tomorrow afternoon. Um, I asked you before the show, and you said you probably wouldn't buy any straight off the bat. Uh, what about you, Chris? Anything that's sort of exciting you? I'm not too far away from being able to have a, a in-season limited M- MLS um, side straight away. So... Possibly. Challengers, um, though, you mean, not MLS, because they haven't Yeah, launched. sorry. Well, yeah, but they're launching the MLS comp, I think, as well, aren't they? Like the Premier League one. I think they're having a, an no. in-season. Are you sure? Positive. Um, I don't think you're right, but there you go. <laughs> Does anyone else find out? Fight! Uh, what was so I wasn't listening. Is there, I thought they'd announced there was an MLS in-season comp, like there is the Premier League one. I, I remember them. I remember them announcing something about MLS. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember though. They did. It, they definitely challenger in season one, isn't it? But yeah, there no, was I definitely something. I, anyway, I'm not going to fall out with you about it, but I'm sure there's an MLS. No, no, I fall out with them. Fucking tell him. Tell him he's an idiot. <laughs> uh, I'm right. I'm going to challenger. I'm all right already. I think I've got plenty of challenger in season cards. But yeah, I, I, my impression was that there was going to be an MLS one as well. Mm. Um, and if there is, then it might make me make a couple of purchases but um no yeah, so as- march march 29th we're getting classic season formats new in season com- uh competitions it's challenger contender and uh champion and then premier league and that's it yeah march i thought 29th. it was a separate announcement like on its own no um yeah no pretty pretty sure you're wrong chris but i'll let you dream on for a little while longer I'm going to enjoy this if they announce an MLS in season, and, and I'm right. By the way, that's I just I was just reading the roadmap update anyway. They might have announced something separately. That's what, that's all the roadmap said. Um, Fair enough. Um, so yeah, based off if there isn't, then probably not. But if there is, then yeah, I might have a little dip into the market and and potentially pick up a few cards. Um, I think the confusion you're perhaps getting is that towards the end it says, as an example of what to expect, our MLS. And Asia special weeklies feature cash prizes of up to a hundred thousand. I'll tell you what I'm reading now, David, and this is where I've seen this. So this was on pitch notes, 21st of Feb. It says the last item says the MLS new season is about to start. Please note that the MLS specific competitions will open once new season cards are launched, which will happen soon. So that to me says. There's MLS specific competitions. I think they're going to be special weeklies, though, aren't they? Rather than, but you can still win cash. So we're sort of both right. There's no official in season tournament, but there will be a way to win cash with MLS cards purely. So sounds to me like you're both wrong, and by default, I'm right. All right, we'll give you that. Let's go. Thank you very much. Did did we watch any football this weekend? Absolutely. MLS returned. I fucking spent most of my nights watching that. I noticed you staying up late. I was doing uh, the old man thing of. Going to bed well early for me, like two a.m. and waking up and then watching the games in the morning. I I, I love MLS. Uh, so MLS coming back was great. Uh, in terms of games that I watched, I actually didn't watch too many on the Saturday because we had some friends around. It's like a a moving house, so we had to send off to this house that we've been here for like four years. So uh, with a little uh, rather than a house warming, but we had a house send off. Um, so I didn't catch too many games on Saturday, but really enjoyed Inter Miami versus LA Galaxy. Paint still looks class. He had yeah. fucking Busquets on toast. 
which was just really fun to watch. Ricky Poosh looked solid. I thought that Peck when he came on looked really good as well. Had a lot of life in him. Um, So I really think that, I think we were talking about it just before the show, I think Galaxy are going to be a monster team to contend with this season um, in the MLS. Uh, in terms of the Prem as well, there are a few decent Prem games on. Uh, United didn't play this this week, so we don't have to talk about them. Um, <laughs> there was a few decent, you know, uh, Brighton with a late, late, late equaliser. They didn't, they didn't giving... turn up anyway, United, did they? <laughs> Brighton with a late, late equaliser. Uh, you know, Bros get Bros getting the hundred from uh, a late dunk header, which is always always fun. Sadly, I wasted that gross hundred, but it's okay. Um, I thought that Bournemouth looked solid against uh, against Man City. Uh, and on the topic of Bournemouth, uh, me and Chris, without without consulting each other, have accidentally bought a Bournemouth stack each. So we don't, we very don't... different scarcity and different prices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very very nearly. When I woke up this morning, I was looking through having my cup of tea, and I was like, "Oh, Bournemouth! Oh, they do have good matchups. You're right. Oh, yeah. should I degen?" And I was like, "No, stop it, buckle. Come on, stop it." You should get a rare Bournemouth stack, so we've got one of each scarcity then. <laughs> no, I'm I'm saving up for it. All right. I, I thought Love about the that. Rainbow. <laughs> exactly. That that we should. We should we should do that. We should have the and then we all sit down and do a Bournemouth watch along together and we all sweat <laughs> it together. And then when they concede, we're all fucking fuming. It'd be great. Um no, I just yeah, I picked up a picked up a Super Air Neto and a Super Air Sinisi. I just think Bournemouth got some great matchups and I'd like to play the Prem in season comp, especially with Ethereum kind of pumping at the moment. It'd be nice to win some Ethereum and then Maybe it go up in price or, to hold on to, or, or even to spend on the MLS auctions when they come out, or you know maybe save for August, whatever the plan is. I'm not entirely sure yet. I'm kind of you know I'm kind of winging it as I usually do. No um, super uh, so spanky. I, I there's an offer out. There's an offer out for him. You know the guys offline. I hate I hate sending offers to people that are offline. Absolutely hate it. I'm just like because I just know I'm going to wait ages for them to reply. So. Uh, it's probably someone that's Could asleep. Could you get an somewhere. old season Solanke potentially or not? The only one that is actually listed at the minute is a new season. However, I'm hoping maybe after 3 p.m., um, people will list their card up, hoping to get a sort of midweek sale because obviously they don't have a midweek game. Um, so yeah, I was looking this morning because what I was what I've been doing is I've been looking at some cards this morning at what I want to buy. I was looking at sort of just prem in general, and I looked at I looked at Luis Diaz. Thought as a forward card, he's not not an awful shout because he does get some decent scores. And I think that, you know, with the injury issues at the moment that you guys have, he's probably going to be a big outlet for where you guys get some goals. Um, as I would say, probably at the moment, your best attacker, given the fact that Darwin, Salah, Jota are all injured. I think that's probably yeah, fair I think to it's say. minor for Salah and Nunes. They may even be back like this midweek. This midweek, but, uh, yeah. But I think Diaz, the way, um... like, he'd, be, he'd had like... Um, First part of the season, he really wasn't that good. He was a bit anonymous. But if you notice, like, I've watched every game recently, obviously, and he's literally looked electric. He could have had, like, hundreds on several in several games. The amount of shots... To be, fair, when he, to be fair, when he was shit, it was at the point where his dad had been kidnapped, wasn't it? So Yeah, but even before <laughs> that, he wasn't having a great season. But, yeah, that, obviously that didn't help. But, yeah, I think he's going to be a big player for us, sort of. You know, I've got a couple of his rares, got... A, Two or three limiteds as well, but maybe someone's maybe sorry. someone kidnapped Anthony's dad, and maybe that's why Anthony's been so bad. Do you reckon that's why Anthony's been so bad? He's just no, he's just terrible. Maybe <laughs> someone's kidnapped the dad of every Man United player. Yeah, <laughs> oh, maybe maybe someone's just kidnapped Man United Football Club, and these are just imposters. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Like, there's like a group of uh, social media quote unquote influencers that are all lookalikes of uh, of Liverpool players. They have like a Liverpool five-a-side team of lookalikes where they have an Allison, a Van Dijk, uh, I think they have a Jota and a Darwin as well. And uh, they, they do look a lot similar. And, it's, you know, maybe that's what's happened at United. Maybe maybe the real players have been binned off and we just got a team of fucking lookalikes. <laughs> Who knows? I'll tell you what, Dar- Darwin, I know we're saying he's injured, but the way he leapt on the pitch at the end to celebrate jumping over the hoardings was... Uh... He can't be that badly injured if he, if he can move at that pace and jump and leap like that, so... Yeah. yeah, hopefully. I did see that hopefully. video, yeah. And Sobersly, well, like, I, I mean, he's going to be back pretty soon, isn't he now? Sobersly, it sounds like he's he's pretty much fit. Um, yeah, he could be back so, next weekend. A lot yeah. of them look like they're going to be by the end of the month. Um, it was quite frustrating seeing Endo and Gravenberch both leave Wembley in fucking boots on crutches. But uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, Gravenberch, I'll tell you right now, that's a sprained ankle. I, I like... 
that almost identical thing happened to me and I broke the bottom part of my leg and, and tore my ankle ligaments. So I feel like he's he's probably at least six to eight weeks out, I think. Yeah, it's definitely apparently it's definitely not a, a fracture. So yeah, no, he won't mine was mine was worse than that because my whole like ankle bent under my leg. But like yeah. I think he got a little bit lucky that it was like the top of his foot rather than his ankle that he got stood on. Yeah. Um but yeah, that movement's hundred percent like a, a, at least a, a minor ankle sprain, I think, which is never ideal. Those are but, and not that he's necessarily one. first choice, but you know, it just if you look at our injury, like we've got eleven players who would potentially start a game. Yeah. Liverpool yeah. are out at the moment, and it's just you know, it's frankly absurd. But yeah, I was quite emotional actually on Sunday that win, more far more so than I thought I would be. I was nervous beforehand, knowing the injuries got, and afterwards, like just seeing like the kids step up and everything, it just like I was. You know, not in tears, but pretty close to it. It's funny how it works. How last season it was a fucking Mickey Mouse trophy and we win it, and uh, all of a sudden now it's a Champions fucking League. Apparently, yeah. No, it is a Mickey mm-hmm. Mouse trophy. Don't get me wrong. It was yeah. just the way, it was just the way we won it. I just wanted us to get some silverware in the bag. Klopp's last season. We've got a trophy in the bag now. Now we can move on and concentrate on the big stuff. For the benefit of the same goal, terrible, wasn't it? The, the disallowed oh, yeah. goal was horrendous. Game's gone. Vars just crazy, isn't it? The game's gone. The game is yeah, well and truly gone. Great. But yeah, no, there was yeah. some, some good games on this weekend. I'm excited. I'm I, excited uh, for the MLS being back. What did you think yeah, about the MLS? MLS or what? Go on, sorry, David. What did you think about the MLS and like the injury report, report dropping on essentially Saturday morning? Sort of late Infuriating. Morning. Yeah, I mean, if that continues going forward, it really... Because there are so many surprises on there. Players that got injured like in the last session, like Druisi... I mean, I don't think it would have made much difference to my results, but it was just frustrating having so many players, uh, like Stefan Freud, you know, yeah. didn't know he was out. No one knew he was out. It was 90% to play. And then apparently he's got a hamstring problem. So I think if that's going to be a running theme, they have to make the lock later for MLS cards, I think, or something. Like if there's going to be MLS competitions, they have to like make it like, if there's MLS specific competitions, they'll have to do it like right before the first game, I think, because otherwise, like people are just going to get screwed over the day after lock. So, and the problem that going forward though is that obviously they're going to have these, like the league, like it's going to be challenger, champion, contender, yeah, and you can't have separate locks then for those. No, days, yeah, can you? but it's a problem. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully it comes out earlier in the future. It was a bit of a kick in the nuts. I mean. I, I gambled Joao Paulo because he was like 70% to start. And I just thought, you know, like th- there were rumours of him, you know, having a, a an injury. But I thought like, you know, he, he'd he been picked in training and stuff. I put him in there and he was obviously out. And like you say, Fry and Yaimar and a bunch of other players were out. So, yeah, a bit infuriating, really. Um, it was a bit but... of a sorry state of a team for Seattle, wasn't it? Uh, like, it was, So yeah. many big players out. Yeah, yeah, it was disappointing. I was going to say, I watched that game and I thought LA played well, but then equally, like you said, David, straight away, they were just so weak, Seattle. It wasn't really a, you know, a fair battle. Um, I thought De La Vega was quite sharp when he came on. He got the penalty, uh, scored the penalty, sorry. Um, He's going to be his one card as well. Yeah, and I said a few weeks ago, I think, I mean, I've watched a bit of him in Argentina and I think he's a sort of player that'll score well on so rare, um, you know, in that sort of attacking team. Um, he came on. I mean, he won a hell of a lot of duels in, in you know the time he came on. But he will just go at players. He will dribble. He's strong. He's quick, um, and he's got a good technical ability. And I thought for his first cameo of like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, he was pretty, pretty good. Um, I thought a twister was good for um, for LA as well. I think he'll be a good card this season um, on set pieces for them. Um, so yeah, no, it was quite a quite a good game. I thought the um, I, I know you touched on it last week, Ryan. The referee situation, they're all on strike, weren't they? The the main referees, and I mean the uh, the VAR decision. I don't know if you guys saw that on the the penalty for Seattle. I mean, it was the most clear penalty you've seen um, for ages. Like you know, Jordan Morris got absolutely clattered, balls the other side of him, and the referee must have looked at the replay like twenty five times to make a decision. And I think it was just purely that so inexperienced, he didn't want to make any kind of mistake that he just made like so certain that he was correct. But it was it was just infuriating how slow it was to make that decision and how many times you had to watch it. And it was just such a you know such an obvious penalty that it just looked a bit ridiculous, really. 
Yeah, it was, uh, it, the I didn't watch the LAFC game, but I, uh, from the Inter Miami game and the refer refereeing in that game was appalling as well. Um, is it just very slow like that again, just to make every decision and going to VAR and stuff? And there, there was that. Um, what was the other game I watched? Uh, New England Revs game as well. Do you know what's I found interesting? They don't have fucking Hawkeye in the MLS. Like what? They, they. So in the New England Revs game, uh, Benteke scored a header. Um, but the goalie had made a save inside the net, and they had the referee go to the monitor to to give a goal or not goal line right? technology. Yeah, it's That's stupid. Right. How are they off goal line technology in the MLS? I thought it was stupid. Um, you like the the what's the name the ref that did the LA Galaxy into Miami game cracked me up. Like he looked like an absolute nutbag, didn't he? Like his eyes were like literally. I would not want to get on the wrong side of him. But I mean, he sent <laughs> off. Um, uh, one of the Galaxy midfielders, I can't remember who it was now, but he sent them off for a second yellow. Uh, literally went nowhere near the player as well. Like the challenge, he slid in front of him to try and block the the pass. Made no contact at all. And he got a second yellow for it. Like the ref was bonkers in that game. It was it was shocking. I thought, but I don't know what it is about refs, man. Like I think a lot of them maybe it's a confidence thing. They're scared. Like you say, they're scared of making the wrong decision or what. I don't know. But it is it's appalling, really. Because VAR isn't really the issue for me. It's it's the Twats in charge, the absolute fucking knobs in charge is the issue. Like, like in the uh, in the like you say in the Liverpool game, I don't know, like that endo thing. I mean, yeah, I guess like, I guess maybe factually it is offside because he's blocked Colville, but common sense needs to come in there as well. There's no chance that that Colville was getting there to stop that header. Like, it's that's not an offside, but you know, they they're, I guess they're scared to make the wrong decision or whatever. But it's what it is. <laughs> I could sit here and moan about refs for hours and I just could be going around in circles and nothing to change. So um, moving on, though, we have a main topic for today, which we're going to hand over to you, Chris, because this is completely your idea. Um, but it's kind of perfect timing, really, because like I think that there was there was a few conversations, topic of interest about this in the midweek as well um, over the weekend, too. Um, and it's risk versus reward. So I'm just going to, you know, the floor is yours, Chris. Yeah, thanks. Cheers, Ryan. Um, yeah, something that I, I ponder quite a lot and I think I struggle to, to get on the right side of at times. So it's mainly kind of focused on a, an SO5 question in terms of, you know, when you should make a gamble in a lineup and when you shouldn't. Um, and I think both David and Ryan have got slightly different perspectives on it. Um, and I probably sit somewhere in the middle at the moment. But I want I want each of you to kind of you know, argue your corner and make your point and then, you know, and have a think about um, the pros and cons of, of why you kind of make those decisions. So, you know, kind of just to give it a, um, you know, a, a, a sort of a general um, overview of what, what we're saying then. So um, basically what we're looking at here is, is when it is the right decision to take a gamble in terms of SO5, you can talk about maybe buying players as well slightly and trading uh, but it's the things that you, sh you can consider. So, um, you know, is it a plus EV? I know the guys were talking about EV yesterday on on So Red Data, which happens a lot when we, we do our pod a day later. But, um, you know, is it an expected value move? Um, what, should, what should you consider? Looking at upside and downside, should you ever take a risk on at all um, when you're selecting lineups? And, you know, which risks are good and which are probably bad to kind of identify when you're setting your teams. So, um, who wants to go first? I'll jump in. Well, I chatted to, or I spoke to Ryan for our, you know, usually hourly catch-up. We were waiting for Chris to join the stream. <clears throat> and if you look at, I was, I've been debating what to do about new in-season cards when they drop. And, you know, the, the first main ones that we'll be going, we'll have for a full year, will be dropping, I think, tomorrow with the MLS. Um, I've been debating whether to buy sort of rare and limited. I won't be buying super rare. And if you look at the cash prizes for, if we take the Premier League as an example, then the cash prize for winning rare is what's like 3K or something like that. And the cash first prize for winning limited is $2,500. Surely it makes sense just to have a limited, if you can afford it, it makes sense to have a limited stack, just run it every week because the cost of putting that limited stack in is what, 10%, 15% of what it would be to do a rare one. So even if rare is your priority, you should probably still be buying a limited stack and putting it in. 
And then, you know, that one week when everything, you know, goes right and you get a big score, use that then to, you know, buy rares or buy, you know, supers if you're trying to move up. So that's one thing I've been sort of looking at from sort of an EV perspective. I haven't watched the show with um, um, Sean and Andrew yet. I'm going to listen to that when I'm driving, <clears throat> driving later. So, you know, I'll try and catch up on it then. But um, that's one thing that I've got in my mind at the moment. So I'm trying to decide what to do with that. So in terms would of... You, um, would you... I know you're saying about sort of just having a, you know, a, a stat that you run each week pretty much over, over the season. Do you think that you, you would go straight in and buy a full collection? So we, I know you love your collections. Would you go in and try and you know, do that straight away or would you literally be buying maybe, you know, five to seven um, pieces in that in that team and then build up from there gradually or, or how would you how would you attack it, do you think? Yeah, probably something like that. Um, I won't be buying like one-offs and stuff like that. You know, I've got, I don't care about that. I don't care about, about being top of the, like the collection, you know, the, the collectors for any particular team. Um, so I'll wait. I won't buy the first one. Um, I'll buy sort of like probably in limited, maybe between one and 10. I haven't quite sold on team yet. I think I have, but not hundred uh, percent. And when I do that, then I'll try and buy key, key pieces first and then boost up the collection when the prices get cheaper on some of the other ones. Um, unless I spot a Jersey mint that's, you know, just cheap for the sake of it. Like last year, for Texas, last, last year I bought San Jose earth, earthquake, earthquakes, <laughs> Stat. The earthquakes, earthquakes, cakes yeah. on the brain as usual, David. Yeah. So I bought the earthquake <laughs> stack when it first came out, when the collection stuff was announced. They were they'd had a good start to the season, but by the time the cards actually came out, they were you know they were okay. They weren't great. Uh, cards were really cheap. Like most of them, I got for like even in that even in those days, pretty cheap. They won me two tournaments last year. I won the uh, special weekly, and I won another tournament. Um, I can't remember which one it was now. Was it MLS or maybe another special weekly or something? But either way, I won two tournaments with that team, basically. So whilst I say buy a stack, I don't necessarily mean I'll be running a full stack because, you know, you can still put Carlos Gills in and sort of other cards. I still think that would be a way to go. And you can replicate that at all levels like if you've got the budget, of course. But Yeah, nice. And I mean, the thing is as well, if you buy five players, you know, um, from one team, you'll get a two percent straight away anyway. So you kind of build that collection up. The first couple are are pretty quick, aren't they? Um, and even three percent, you know, once you've probably got I don't know eight or nine players, you've probably got to three percent, haven't you? If you're buying a fortune, which you will be for, you know, the the new season ones um, in the first place. Um, that's quite that's quite nice. I like that um, strategy. Ryan, have you got anything to add on that? Um... Not massive. In terms of buying, buying, you know, in-season cards that quickly, what, what are your thoughts on that? I just think, I do think you're at a big advantage if you can buy in-season cards as quick as possible. I think that the competition levels will just be lower, naturally. There'll be less cards to compete with, um, and I think that they'll naturally be lower. And I also think, I'm interested in, in a higher scarcity, the dynamic of the in-season competitions, because what you'll probably have for a good at least first few few months is you'll have a lot of people running two incredible say super airs and then three maybe very average in-season super airs to partner with them um you might have in the premier league competition someone running a super air rodri and a super air son for example and then they might have like a a super air neto and sunisi and and you know like or they might be running like a super air like Ariola and a super air Romero or something you know like they I think we're going to see a, a large diversity of teams next year whereas this year I think a lot of the time we see like for example it is mainly stacking that seems to go to the top of the sort of um in-season competitions especially in the Premier League like you'll see if Villa smash it's a Villa stack at the top or if Man United smashes Man United stack which is very rare um so yeah, I think that will. I think it'll be it'd be interesting to see sort of the diversity of teams next year. And if you can get in early, I do think you'll be an advantage competition wise. You'll just have a lot less people to contend with because there'll be a lot less cards out there. And if and and you know you will be unfortunately paying a big premium, but you're looking then to try and offset that cost with winning early with those cards and having them for the entire season rather than maybe getting involved 
a few months in whenever you either win a couple of cards or can get them for a reasonable price. So, yeah, I think there'll be a lot of a lot of sacrifices and a lot of trade-offs next year when it comes to players and teams. And I'm actually really quite excited to see the, the how people do it. I'm excited to see how someone like Sean, like PSU fans will do it as well. Someone that sort of can afford to go and buy a lot of the early cards, but will have a lot of competition but with the likes of Pranksies and people like that. I'm intrigued to see how he goes about it because he never overspends what he wants to spend. He's so stubborn with it. So I'm intrigued to see what he ends up doing with it. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, look at the rare Premier League competition this weekend. And if you look at it for a lot of weekends, actually, like it's more when a team stack wins, like Arsenal did a, a couple of weeks ago, that's more of an outlier than having like a complete mixed team. Like, you know, this week the winner had a Fulham defence and he had Gross, Rice and Jordan Ayer. Not an yeah. expensive team to put together, really. No, not at all. I think I mean, it's to a bit be honest, more expensive like, now, but yeah. I said in our uh, group chat today, like, for myself personally, I think I want to sort of go away from what I was doing, which is looking at the. I was I was structuring my gallery mainly for rare plus, and I'd go for one or two smasher super rares, and then a a group of really good rares that I can swap in and out with matchups. What I want to try and do next year is actually look for the better value cards, because I think that if you're if you're getting the better value cards, like for example um Adal who won Premier League in season rare I mean he's got like a Jordan Ayew who if you actually look at his scores has been doing really well top two guys have Ayew for example in fact in the top eight four of them have got Ayew because he has been, been doing really really well role, hasn't he, with yeah he's, he's been he's been doing really well and he's not an expensive card in comparison to if you were to go and get someone like a Hyungmin Son and granted there will be weeks where like against Chelsea or like against uh Brighton he scored 41 points but then you also have the Burnley games where he scores 100 or you have the games before that where he scores 75, 80. So, um, and, and you know, for that, you're paying £70 for a rare, whereas for like a Hyungman Son, it might be a bit more consistent in the higher scores. You might be paying a bit more, but like, I think for a value exchange, IU is a great pickup, you know, and there's a lot of cards like that now, like you say. Um <laughs> So that's, I think, my strategy next next season will be looking into trying to find those nice peak potential scorers that aren't stupidly expensive and getting a lot of them and looking to try and hit once every X amount of weeks rather than having a consistent churn every week, which is what I try and do now. So, it'd be, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think it's more, I mean, it's probably more what David's strategy has been long term now and, and mine as well of trying to have those mid-level, you know, smashes that in the right spot, they get the big scores, but they're not the big names and they're not the expensive players. And and it's having enough of them that you go, right, okay, you know, any given game week, you've got a forward who's playing either Sheffield United, Luton or Burnley, you know, and yeah. and you know, if you have 10 or 12 forwards that are kind of across your mid mid table kind of teams you're probably going to have players you know in those spots against those three four five weakest teams every week um you know and and every league in in you know in world football has got those much weaker teams and it's it's having those selections to be able to that you know the variety in your gallery to be able to do that isn't it i think the interesting thing with the the in season cards is just going to be you know the the MLS ones will be the first time we've seen a launch of in-season cards at the start of a season. You know, all right, we've got the in-season comps with the you know starting in March um, for the European leagues, but we're coming towards the end of the season. So you know, it's going to be interesting to see the price and uh, the premium of those uh, cards when they're first launched on the market. If it is this week. Um, and then it's just, I suppose, if it is this week, do you think there'll be faceless cards? No, real, I think because it's so late. Sorry, sorry, I was just gonna say what I think will happen is for the cards that don't have a card at the minute, we'll just get them soon. They'll have they should have a majority of teams already. Um, you know, someone like Paintsel who only moved last week, if he doesn't have a card tomorrow because he missed picture day, they'll probably just do what they've been doing. I mean, we've got like people like Ender and whatnot today as a one ofs mints. Um, so I think they'll just do that. I think we'll just get them a little bit I think later. With on. The Prem- I think with the Premier League, they're more likely to do that because I think with the Premier League, they want to try and launch the cards. And no one's told me this explicitly, but this is what I'm sort of picturing in my mind 
from like hints and information that's come out. They want to try and get them out before the season starts so they can have the in-season competition day one. And I think there's more likely with European leagues that they'll have a plan and they'll do faceless cards that will, re will reveal like three or four weeks down the line and they'll have a big reveal day special or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to try and get us a bit, a bit back on topic here, guys, because we've just started rambling as we tend to do. Um, so uh, I'm going to go on to the next kind of um, question within this. So if you're going to take a gamble on so rare, I mean, number one, do you think it's right to do that, Ryan, in terms of picking lineups? And what sort of things do you think you should consider when you do that? I think, I, I think it's completely like contextual. Um, and I would say, I think it's like a risk versus reward kind of thing. So I would say this weekend is a great example. Bascagli was rumored to be out. He came off injured. People speculated he would not play. I think he was like 70% on play sharp or something like that. I can't, remember, I can't remember. He might have been even less than that. There was a lot of speculation that he wouldn't play. But I think in certain lineups, that's a risk you'd be willing to take because he's such a smasher. Even though he's not, which, it's not. It wasn't explicitly which lineups, out. Which line? Which lineup specifically would you say it's best to take that gamble in? So, are the, are the ones that say because I mean the way I'm looking at it is, and and I had it this weekend with Nathan from Seattle, and Nathan, you know, is a big scorer, and he was kind of fifty fifty to to start because of Yamar. We didn't know if Yamar was definitely injured or not or, or not fit, and I thought, look at it, he was probably about seventy thirty to start. But instead of putting him into you know a priority lineup, I put him in two twenty, and in two twenty, like I've done okay. My captain pick was horrendous, which has kind of cost me getting a higher reward. But I've only got a tier four limited, and it's like, you know, Nathan ended ended up getting a good score. You know, he got I think seventy eight in the end, and and you know eighty odd with it with his XP on for me. So, you know, in a cap lineup, he's a massive enabler because he's an L fifteen zero. Um, but I've kind of feel like I've wasted that opportunity by only putting him in two twenty. So you know, when when I'm saying about kind of, or when you said sorry about you know selecting the right lineup to play a play like that, if it's a gamble, obviously the cap mode is is where you take that gamble on, um, especially if it's like a, a you know a low L fifteen player. But do you think that was stupid of me, perhaps, or, or you know the wrong the wrong move to put him in two twenty? And should I have just gone look? Go for it. Go for a two forty or two seventy where my stronger players are, and you know my upside is there much much bigger than than what my downside would be. I think with the, like is you know it's quite difficult with cards like that. We didn't have you know much injury information coming out of most MLS teams, and you know as we spoke about earlier, the injury report you know came out way too late. You know, so it was tough sort of picking him in any particular lineup. One thing I would say is that. Like with all the, the two twenty month longs we've had, I sort of, you know, was often on the lookout for that cap zero player to sort of enable other teams. And that led me down some quite dangerous paths when I put a player in who was a cap zero, who if he'd played, you know, could have done really well. But then you're sort of, you know, leveraging in players that we, you wouldn't normally put there who are smashers. And in theory, the team looks amazing. It looks like it could score like 400. But the reality is that... You know, you've been sort of hamstrung into building a lineup based on having a cap zero player. So now these days, if I've got a cap zero player and I'm certain he's going to play, I probably would use him in 240. With Nathan, I didn't use him in 240 and I smashed the middle target anyway, even with a DMP, because I didn't go down that path. If I put Nathan in, actually the team I would have built or I had in sort of penciled in wouldn't have hit the middle target, even with Nathan in there. So, you know, that shows sort of the absurdity sometimes of having that zero player, thinking that you can smash based off the back of it. And actually, it just doesn't work like that. I, I mean, it comes down, I suppose, to gallery composition as well. Though. I mean, you, you know, your gallery is, is pretty vast in terms of the options that you've got. So maybe perhaps it's less of a, you know, an advantage, like you say, to you to use that kind of player because you've got such depth that you go, OK, well, you know, the team you've put together anyway was still really strong and you've still, you know, got middle target. You've still had a, a good finish and you don't maybe need to take those risks on. Whereas perhaps, but, you know, again, flip, smaller gallery size, on the flip maybe side, I do need to take those risks on more. 
on the flip side of that, did you have the L15 smashers to take advantage of a cap zero? Yeah, and they, and you know, and again, they were kind of in the wrong lineup. So I had Gross, who got a hundred in, um, you know, in all uh, in all star and got nothing. Um, but again, I think I'd have probably used some of my other all star players in there, like Neto, and Neto didn't do that great. So yeah, it's it's difficult. It's one of those hindsight things, isn't it? That you can look at lineups and say, well, yeah, of course I'd have played these guys in there, and you know, perhaps you wouldn't have done, and it would have been something completely different. You did by by shoehorning a, you know, that that L15-0 option in. But yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Have you got anything else to add on that one, Ryan, or not? I'd say it's just all about risk. It's it's about risk management. And I think it's about, for me, a lot of it's about upside as well, rather than downside. I think if you look at the downside every time, I don't think you'll make a lot of amazing decisions SO5-wise because realistically, you can play it safe with five out of five starters. But if you have somebody like a Nathan or someone like a Biscagli who if they start, they can absolutely rip their fucking tits off. Like a lot of the time, I think you want to play those with your be- with your best cards. I think like it's a big risk. Um, I I pulled Bascagli out of my All Star rare and I put Bardacki in because he was rumored to start. Well, not rumored to start. He was like nailed to start. He was like ninety percent to start and ended up starting on the bench anyway. Um, had I have kept Bascagli in there, would have been a much better scorer. Probably got a reward out of that lineup as well. Um, and you know, in that regard, I definitely shouldn't have played it safe. I think the the issue sometimes i think with trying to play it safe or for example doing what you say where you put a risky player in in a cap 20 with other risky players is it kind of def- defeats the purpose of playing a risky player because if you play it with four of the risky cards is then you're hoping for the upside of five different players and that is literally just gambling like you just aren't gonna you aren't gonna get you aren't gonna see that return nine out of ten times or 99 out of 100 times but you know if you play, let's say I played a Biscagli with my heel, my Messi, my Wacky Zaka, like, yes, it's a risk. And if he doesn't play, I'm pissed off because I've wasted those scores. But sometimes the upside, I think, massively outweighs that downside because if he if he sort of doesn't play and I, and I do waste those scores, whatever. Like, I probably wasn't going to get a huge reward anyway. Like, if he does play, I could potentially get that big reward. And with scores getting more difficult every week, sometimes you just got to take those risks. Sometimes if you want to compete, you've got to take the risks. I think the other thing as well now is is in the whole new 240 um, pick your target mode. Realistically, the only way you're ever going to hit that 390 is by taking a risk on and, and yeah. by probably putting in a, you know, a, a L15-0 or someone with a really low score and surrounding them by absolute smashes. And it's, if you don't do that, you're not really going to hit that top target. It's and to me, it's probably the only time target. I would choose that target. What's the top target in limited? 390. They're all different, aren't they? So it's difficult to know which one's which. Rare and limited are the same, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's rare, 390 as well. Yeah. Okay. And then super rare, it's uh, 320, 400, 450, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that upside there, I suppose, with going for that 390 in that, in that 240 mode... It's quite big, isn't it? At, at limited and rare level compared to the other, um, you know, the other options you can hit. And it's, I think it's the only time you could really go for it, isn't it? And that that is a, you know, that that's a time maybe when you should take that risk on if you just feel like you can go for it and, and you've got a really good lineup that week and all the fixtures align. Perhaps that's the time to go for it, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And it's also like there are times where you don't you definitely don't want to take any risks, right? Like if you've got a gallery where you don't have a lot of smashes, right? Maybe maybe you've got a gallery where you've got a stack of, a Crystal Palace stack or something like that, for example. You've got Burnley at home at the weekend, right? You've waited months for this fixture. This is the one where you can play these all in the in-season prem comp and you can actually win yourself a really good reward that could really help your gallery. You don't take a risk with those kind of lineups. You've waited months just to get to that point. That's that. That's where I would never take a risk. I'd play it safe every time and play five starters. But if you've got a Crystal Palace stack in there against, they're against Brighton away, and you know there's a chance under a new manager that they might get a result because Brighton do sometimes crumble at, at times. And, and you know we saw it against Luton and people like that. Maybe that's the time where you take a risk and maybe at least say he's forty five percent to start because he's coming back for an injury. But if he does start, he could absolutely smash. Maybe that's when you take that risk and you play like an Elise, for example. Um, but whereas against Burnley, you don't take the risk. You play your eye, you play your uh fucking hell, he plays for Palace, Lamina, 
Um, you play your Richard Richardson or whatever Anderson, his name is. Yeah, yeah, like you just play your you play your your five safety players and you get the best reward you possibly can. So, yeah, I think it's just it's all about assessing the risk of the and what you can afford to lose as well. Like for me, for example, a lot I think I'll go for the top threshold and rare a lot because I'm not going to massively miss the eighty dollars if I don't if if I don't win it. Like it's not going to be it's not going to keep me awake at night whereas if i go for the top threshold in super rare and i miss out on a 320 dollars i'm a bit pissed off like that's because that's a lot more money and i'm a bit you know what i mean so i think it's also what you can kind of afford to put on the line and and take a risk on um that being said i'm actually doing it this midweek um got an all-star rare plus lineup that's not a terrible lineup i've got mere i've got joe newell uh, Karaoke from Tigres and Super Etikino. I got an option there. I could play rare Griffin Dorsey as a C uh, as a defender who is pretty nailed on to start. Um, or I could play Super Ed Daniel Steres who could start. The coach said there'll be rotations, and it would not surprise me if he was one of the guys rotated in. If he does start, we could be looking at a good score. They're at home to St. Louis, and typically at home, Houston are a solid team. And Steres, whenever he does start at home, has very, very good scores. I'm just going to risk it and play him in there. If it doesn't go well, it doesn't go well. So we'll sort of see. I've got I've got my main all star rare team that has the the stronger pieces in it. So it's kind of a secondary team for me anyway. So I'm just going to take that risk. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, cool. I think that's about it for you guys. I mean, it, you know, like like we say, I think it it comes down to kind of your own gallery, doesn't it? And what you've got in terms of depth, what you've got in terms of options each week, and um, you know, and identifying what competition and what lineup to take that risk in and, and whether it's worth it. Um, and it is just a case of, I don't think it's a right or wrong answer, is there? It's just a case of trying to work out game week by game week, the, the decision to make and, and you know, the lineup to take those risks in. Um, but it is, it's a tricky one. I struggle with it definitely to, you know, evaluate the right risk and, and when to take things on and, and when not to. But um, yeah, no, appreciate that guys. It was uh, cool discussion that very been speaking about sort of like strategy like going forward have you guys sort of nailed what you're going to do as of march now and as of then august like i know you've bought like your bournemouth boys both of you sort of getting into the, the bournemouth let's go bournemouth Has <laughs> <laughs> it have you decided like ryan i know you were like debating about super rare and obviously a lot of the cards you've been buying are super rare is Super Rare going to be one of your focuses sort of as of um, sort of the end of March and then going forward? Yes. So uh, then in March, what I'm hoping to do is I'm hoping to be able to field an in-season Super Rare Prem team every week, an in-season Super Rare Champion Europe team every week, two to three in-season Champion Europe Rare teams every week. And then I'll possibly probably be going classic for everything else i don't think i've got enough pieces to go i might be able to field one in-season challenger team as well per week um but for now it'll be classic and then we'll kind of evaluate the gallery and see where i'm going from there um but i would like to try and just i almost as weird as it sounds almost like testing the game out in a sense and seeing how i fare in the in-season competitions and seeing sort of what competition is like if i am relatively successful in the next sorry, from March to the end of the season, when it comes to sort of champion and Premier League in season, it might encourage me to start earlier than I intended to next year. Um, I'm going to use it as a kind of trial period, I guess as it's sort of intended as a trial period, um, to see how I get on. And it will then leave me with a decision to make for the uh, for the August, the main update in August. Um, so yeah, but until then, I've I've almost pretty much got... I probably have to buy two or three more super rares between now and then, but I should have a a sort of almost full team in champ super rare, prem super rare, and then and then I've got the rares already, so I'm not too worried about the rares. Um, so yeah, I'm almost pretty much there anyway. What about you, Chris? Looks like Chris's uh, connection has gone to shit, but uh, I think for me as well that I'm probably looking at sort of you know something quite similar. I think that. I'm going to try and get sort of those new season teams out, you know, a new stack for MLS out, uh, try and get that quite quickly, but it's going to be difficult to sort of like judge prices and knowing what's going to be actually sort of, you know, I'll be really interested basically to see the prices of the new MLS cards. Obviously the one-offs will go for, you know, high amounts 
and I tweeted earlier that I think that the MLS cards are dropping tomorrow, um, just to, trying to get a sort of gauge of what people were looking at. And LA Galaxy has been mentioned by quite a few teams, quite a few people, sorry, that have responded. So it'd be interesting sort of to know, you know, if those are going to be like ridiculously high, then maybe I'll move on to another team. But I'd quite like a Galaxy stack because I've always liked Ricky Puge. I think he's a good player. I think Paint's all there. And I've got his in-season Genk Limited. Uh, but I need to look at really more at buying sort of rares. So I don't want to spend too much money on, uh, you know, the actual sort of like main cards when they come out. But yeah, it's going to be difficult to judge the prices. Are you expecting big prices? Because a lot of the cards at the moment, even sort of, you know, in-season European cards aren't that expensive, are they? No, yeah, they're um, they're I I like a lot of the there's a lot of reasonably priced cards for sure. I think um, yeah, there's there's I think there's good opportunities at the minute. I think there's some good opportunities at the minute to to pick up some nice cards. Um, but the only thing is though is like it's it's that trade off and figuring out how many game weeks you're gonna have and you know then figuring out how much you think you can win between now and then and yeah so it's, it's gonna be an interesting one i think um that's one thing i've kind of got to battle with myself is to figure out how many game weeks we've got left and then from there how many game weeks i think i can win rewards in and then if it's worth spending x amount on new cards and whatnot that's kind of the uh the trade-off at the minute figuring that out what about you chris are you back with us, can you hear us? i am yeah sorry um yeah so I am finding it quite confusing, really, in terms of strategy. So um, I've been kind of building out a little bit of a, um, a f- adding a few rare Brazilian league players um, to try and play the cash tournament in uh, challenges straight away. So I'm able to do that now, but I need to add some depth there, really, um, because I've literally got, I think, five five or six players in that league. Uh, but And it's... Yeah, outside of that, I mean, I'm, I'm having a go at this Bournemouth strategy. I mean, the fixtures that they've got over the next like six weeks are incredible. I may well play them for a couple of weeks and then possibly take some profit. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'll see on that. And yeah, long term into next season, it's it's a tricky one. Yeah, I don't know exactly in terms of how to play it, but I, I definitely want to have some um, you know cash balance free to to pick up some new players if I need to as and when the new season starts um, and yeah other than that probably filling some holes with um, MLS in season guys when they, they drop and um, try and play as many as of the cash tournaments in season tournaments as I can I suppose bef- between now and the summer and you've you've virtually got as you just said like a, a Brazilian um, in season collection haven't you which will be in season for a while yeah. Is that are you, would it, where are you going to plan and run that? Are you going to run that in uh, challenger, challenger in season? Then right from that, have you got enough cards to do that now? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Let's move on to the picks game. I forgot who I even picked last week. I know. Right, <laughs> I should, right. Should we move on to the picks game then? So last week we had coming up the rear Ryan, who picked Griffin Dorsey defender's card, who got twenty nine point oh four so rare points what a fucking loser man yeah good player not necessarily sure it's going to translate to uh uh, mid card he scored 35 points this mid card (laughs) we had chris who picked uh ennis bardi who plays for trap and sport he had an okay game like literally he was close a couple of times getting decisive uh but he put 46.8 points and I picked Stuart Armstrong, who didn't let me down for once, and put up 77.8 points. So, scores on the board are me and Ryan, both on seven. Chris, a little bit behind after his decent run on six. Chris, well, your internet connection looks all right. Have you got a pick for this week? Ryan needs to go first, because I haven't got mine yet. <laughs> I don't have one. All right, I'll go first then. I'm going to go with Atletico Madrid defender. He was out with serious injury, came back recently, went to the African Cup of Nations. Looks like he's getting back up to full speed. And that is Riondo. Riondo. Don't know how to pronounce it. Um, I think he's from Mozambique. Plays for Atletico Madrid. They've got an okay home game this week against Betis, um, although Betis are quite improved as well. Um, and he is capable of smashing. 
but uh, he's also capable of putting it at dog shit scores. So I'm just hoping one, he starts, and two, he smashes. And that is my pick for this week. I'll go next. I am going to pick a curly-haired little chav. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Harvey Elliott. He's playing against. They're away to Forest, and I think with uh, with your guys' injuries and stuff at the moment, I can see him. He might not start, but he should at least come off the bench, I think, and get a good sort of forty minutes at least if he doesn't start. Um, just because you guys got you guys got sort of European games coming up as well. You got Man City the week after. You got to manage minutes. So if he doesn't start, I'll be surprised. If he and then if he doesn't start, he probably will get a good amount of minutes off the bench. So, and I think against Forest, with how dangerous you guys look on the attack i think he'll probably be involved in at least one goal contribution so all right i'll let you have that one it's a little bit expensive but i'm not 100 percent sure he even starts uh, as you said but he is he's a old season card's not that expensive no he doesn't you're right yeah, yeah chris are you with us i am and i've got a player okay. he's got a player are they playing rudy no they might be um i've got an old man Funnily enough, an old, old he's, boy that I... He's uh... picking you, David. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a 37-year-old, sprightly 37-year-old, former Portuguese international, João Moutinho. He is currently playing his trade at Sporting Braga in Portuguese League. Has he been um, starting? He has, yeah. I was checking that before I... Uh, before I uh, Committed fully to it. No, he has been starting. He's um, he's played started about the last uh, six seven games. Um, his AA is absolutely mean. Um, so uh, yeah, he's on set pieces um, as he has been for a lot of his career. Um, has quite a nice fixture at the weekend against Estrella Amadora um, at home. And they are fourth bottom. Isn't that a beer? Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Strella Dam. Strella <laughs> Dam, yeah. Um, yeah, so his last last lot of games, he had a 25 AA last weekend away at Boa Vista, which is quite a tough game. So he got a 60 there. He's had a 79 and a 75. Um, all just AA only, though. those two. Oh, sorry, the 79 was with a goal. But yeah, he's, he got a 75 the other week with 40 AA. So, um, yeah, he's, he's doing well. His, his AA is extremely high and he's obviously on set pieces and he's got a nice fixture. So He's cheap as chips. He's cheap as chips, yeah. Four Do you own him? Limited. I don't. It'd be a good buy. He'd fit well in my gallery. 30 quid. 30 quid for the rare. Last sale's 23, I think. Um, yeah, four quid for the limited. So is the Portuguese league, is that in Challenger, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 It is indeed. Nice. I uh, will actually uh, preface this by saying I, 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 I genuinely don't know why, but I do own a Harvey Elliott limited card. I don't even own limited cards, so I've fucking no idea why I actually have this card. Um, it's an in-season one as well, so I might even cash in. Fucking hell, boys. I'm rich. <laughs> in-season in Harvey Elliott card, boys. Sell that. Maybe buy another super rare. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to buy four, four more in-season Liverpool limiteds, and I'm going to play a Liverpool stack. Should we move you, on? We've got competition then. Yeah, yeah, this is this is all you. This is I'll leave this to you. A, a couple of them before the competition. Ryan had a great idea before we uh, started the stream that uh, I know it's very rare. I know, surprising, but I did have a good idea, guys. That we should officially start a, a Discord because it's become a bit problematic for me trying to get back to, you know, all the DMs I get. So I think we're going to set up a Discord for listeners, um, and we'll have different sections on it, and we'll try and sort of engage in there more than sort of on DMs. Uh, try and keep my DMs a little clutter-free. So future competitions, we'll try and do through that. For this week, we're giving away a pair of English Premier League tickets to a match of your choice, providing they have availability. And to get those tickets, I was going to do how many cards will we win this weekend, but I have decided instead, because, you know, that could be you know, quite a low number. So we could have loads of people guessing a similar, a similar amount. Instead, I went out for my first long, I say with air quotes, run yesterday in about two years outside. I ran for a total of 55 minutes, two seconds. I want to know the exact distance in kilometers that I ran. 
two decimal places you go down to <clears throat> the nearest person that dms the so rare rumble account not our personal accounts so rare rumble account will win the tickets and i will announce the winner on friday and we'll get the order in for the match that you would like to go and see was that clear enough guys so it was it was you ran for how long 55 minutes two seconds how many can i can i guess on the pod here can i can i put a you guess can, on? You obviously won't, not going to tell oh, you, you won't right. tell me if it's right or not so it's how many kilometers you ran yes 55 minutes so i'm going to factor in you probably bear in mind i'm 50 yeah I ran at all you definitely but... would have done quite a lot of walking in that time as well no no there was no walking it was just f- fucking slow running you ran 55 minutes non-stop yeah yeah that's impressive that's, good effort, isn't it? Yeah. that's that's what i get when i get the right answer i get that that sound <laughs> uh 55 minutes non-stop i'm gonna say you did about 5.7 kilometers i'm gonna say mm, you know what now i'll go higher than that i'll actually back you a bit more 6.3 i'll go 6.3 kilometers i reckon i was gonna go for 6.2 but i feel like that's a bit there you go 6.2 a bit cheap, go 6.2. Isn't it? no, no you go for that 6.29 i'm basing that <laughs> off of i i do i go for a walk i power walk i walk quite quickly so i'll do usually about sort of 10 and a half minute kilometers when i walk quickly um i reckon if dave's slow running 55 minutes straight probably doing maybe like nine ish minute kilometers i'd say maybe eight eight and a bit nine minute kilometers for his first run out i'd say about 6.3 okay my my bet i'm not going to give anything away but you'll find out on friday the exact right answer could I find out after the show if I'm right or not? Uh, yeah. Because I won't. I mean, I'm not going to win anyway. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, we'll call it for today's episode then. Oh, now I'm going to say uh, I'm going to save that for next week. I was about to change my pick score. I'm going to save that one for next week because we've got a better matchup actually. All right, perfect. All right. Well, if you guys enjoyed this episode of the So Rare Ramble, make sure to give us your best cards on So Rare for free <laughs> as a token of your appreciation. I think it's only fair, really. You know, I know a lot of you Wales listen to this, so come on, get your fucking hands in your pockets. And so rare, if you listen to this, can we have some uh, some hoodies, some hats, maybe maybe one of those biscuit boxes? That'd be nice. I won another cap this week, so maybe I'll give that one away as well. I've already got yeah. it. So. <clears throat> I have one as well. I have one that was hand delivered by so rare Dan himself. Same. I can still smell it, smell him on it. Yeah. So shout out to so rare Dan. What a legend. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We'll be back again next week. Same time and place. Probably not. But we'll be back at some point next week anyway. We'll find out. We're we're a bunch of DGens that can't get our shit together. So we don't know what they will record. Um, So yeah, that's it. See you next week. Have a fun one. Bye. Bye.